0: Hi, good morning. Um, so it's always funny how um, whenever I have to talk, I'm a, okay, let me just say my name's Gina Stickley, and um, I'm, a, I'm a disciple of Jesus in uh, this amazing church in the South Bay. Um, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that I'm a disciple of Jesus um, because I, was pre- I could pretty much have been voted the least likely person in my high school, college, whatever, to become a Christian. In fact, I was the one that hung out with my Christian friends and tried to defile them. So this is not an exaggeration at all. Um, I think uh, it, it's amazing to me that God calls me called me to speak today because I'm, I'm a professional actress and director and singer um, in the entertainment industry, but whenever I have to talk about myself, I feel like I'm gonna throw up a little in my mouth and there's this thing right here in my throat. (laughs) It's just, it's God's, uh, you know, it's just God showing me that he's the one doing it and not me. So, In regards to what we're talking about, about running from God, and um, I guess my story starts with I was 26 years old and I moved to New York City to pursue my acting career. Um, I was accepted at a pretty prestigious um, school in New York and I went there to continue my education and continue my work. Um, Within two weeks I was, two or three weeks, I was cast in an, a Broadway tour um, after auditioning like a crazy person to get some work. Um, and um, I was kind of getting everything I wanted, you know, everything I ever dreamed of, everything I ever desired in my heart. Everything, I, I mean, I literally would say, I eat, sleep, drink the theater. And nobody stopped me. Nothing got in my way, and I'd step on anyone to get what I wanted um, without any guilt in my heart whatsoever, maybe a little for a minute, but then I would just get drunk and that would go away. Um, that's just the real reality, right? Of some of our stories. Um, so basically what happened is I got what I wanted and was on the track. And I remember having this night in my room in this tiny little room in New York. And I remember thinking, I'm going to get everything I ever wanted. I'm going to be famous, everyone's gonna love me, I'm gonna have my heart's desire, but I'm still gonna feel like this. I felt empty, sad, confused about why I treated people the way I did, damaged, completely unhealed after being raised by an extremely bipolar mother who abused me and my sister. In ways that most people turn to drugs over. It was a, It's a shock and a miracle that I am not completely out of my mind. It is really amazing that people generally look at me and think I'm sharp and smart and together. But to be honest with you, I'm a hot mess like anybody else. And my abilities are just a gift from God to be used to help people find him. I'm convinced of that. Um, so what happened in that day when I was in my room is I... I cried out to God. I didn't know God at all. I didn't grow up religious with basically pagan, for lack of a better word, or just unbelief. Um, I cried out and said, if you're real, you're gonna have to show me who you are, and you're gonna have to tell me what I'm supposed to do with this emptiness I feel, even though I'm getting everything I want. Within a week, I met a girl in our church in New York City. I I did not know I was getting invited to church. I thought it was a performing arts ministry, which meant more networking for my business. But I went, um, I was kind of tricked by God to get there and I went and, um, I felt like that thing I told you before about throwing up in my mouth the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, what this, this is madness. Who are these people? I was like on another planet and I just felt this call, this thing, you know, in my heart, like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then I studied the Bible. I actually asked the girl who invited me how everybody got the way they were because they were all so close. They were friends. You could tell they loved each other for real. Um, and they were all actors, so that's not normal in my world. You know, you love someone to get what you want from them. That's how that works in the acting industry. And um, I said, if you could show me how to be like you all are, I'll, you can teach me. And she, of course, was licking her chops because she's like, she's so open, you know. And I didn't even know I was open, but we started to study the Bible, and I knew within half of one study this was it, like this is what I needed. I was so mad it was Jesus, cause you know, Jesus freak, you know, I didn't wanna be associated with any weirdness, um, cause I wanted to be accepted and loved by everyone, but I knew this was it. So I just kept studying and I fought through my fears and I got to tell every single secret I ever had in my life to God and to these women who I somehow trusted all of a sudden and it was amazing to get all of that out of my mouth. I mean, I had lied about so many things. I I was a pathological liar. Everything I said was a lie. I would lie about what I had for lunch. I would li- everything. I made up so many stories, in my just to feel like I was worth something. You know, because I just didn't think I was worth anything without my talent and without my abilities. Um, so what happened was I believe that big fish that swallowed me, you know, to kind of get my attention like Noah, um, what, wait, not Noah, Jonah. Sorry. Anyway. Um, (laughs) the other guy, um, uh, was that moment in my room. Um, you know, when I realized I would pretty much could I felt suicidal that day, actually, like I, there's nothing's going to make me happy. So not even my career. So that was what got my attention. And then, so I did become a Christian in 1993 in New York city, um, and had a great stretch for about 12 years and then came to a crossroads with my relationship with God, where I actually got married in the church, met this man, we got married. He decided to have affairs with women and do drugs and tell lies. And he left me and left God. And I was so angry with God because I felt like, hey, look, I turned to you. I didn't go that crazy path of the actor. I gave my life to you. My whole career belongs to you. I married this man trusting you, and he's gone. And I was so, I didn't even realize it, but I was so mad because there was an element missing. I did not understand how God saw me because of the cross. I felt like God saved me despite myself. So I got to be a Christian because otherwise I would have been, you know, a disaster, meaning it was all about me. But what I missed was this element of when you become a disciple, when you get your sins forgiven, God doesn't see any of the bad anymore. He sees you as a little Jesus on this earth. He sees you perfect, holy, right, good, And I didn't get that. And so I met that place in the crossroads and I, because I didn't get it, I thought God was punishing me, was hateful towards me. I walked away from God and it was gradual. I started dating men in the world, kind of, not really. And then I kind of go a little farther and I just felt like I needed to get control of my life because I gave it to God and he jacked it up. Like that's the way I felt about it. Um, So I left God for about eight years. And in those eight years, knowing the truth in my heart, there was always this gnawing of the truth. Um, In that time, I met and married my husband now. His name is Glenn. He is remarkable. It is a gift of God and proof of mercy that I get to be with this man. He loves me and adores me beyond my wildest dreams. And we have a beautiful little boy that many of you are fans of. Um, of course you are. Cause he's so awesome. Um, but in that, what happened is when I had this little baby in my arms, I had this baby out of, you know, during the time I was far from God. And I looked down at him and realized how am I, what am I going to teach him? I, I, I know the truth, but I'm not living it. And I also started to see myself return to the old me. You know, I started to lie again more. I had secrets from my husband. I was beginning to be really fearful. I had this crazy obsession with the end of the world. <laughs> it was really—I cr- mean, I basically kind of started to lose it a little bit. And that was another big fish that had to swallow me. Um, so, I finally said, "Okay, God, I'll go back. I'll turn back to you, but I'm not coming to this church because these people are crazy." <laughs> um, and that was—you're not well. You're a little crazy, but I love you anyway. Um, We're all crazy, right? Um, So, what happened was, I needed to work through some of my issues about how I felt about God and how I felt about people. And I needed to be able to say, I follow Jesus and not people. And I had to work through that between me and God. So, a lot of you don't know this, but for a year, I sat in the back and hid from all of you. And I literally did. Kim probably knows because she was in my life. Um, Some and some of the others, Jackie knows. But I would hide in the back and just watch and pray and cry a lot through all of my scars that I needed to work through. And then it came time for me to make a decision about making the Bible my standard again. And that's when I decided to return and God has moved radically ever since. Um, I really love my purpose now in my career. I feel like, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. If I, the only reason I'd wanna become famous now is so I can baptize Kate Winslet Seriously, that is, I mean, she's one of my goals. Um, but I, I really do not care at all about it anymore because it's here on this planet. And what happens after we're gone from this place is, is, can be really remarkable or really devastating. And I am so grateful that God has chosen to give me back my faith. There was a time during that, Whole process of being separated, where I couldn't talk to God, I couldn't open the Bible without feeling sick. I just could not. I couldn't talk to God because I was so guilted out. Um, this scripture comes to mind, and of course, it went away off my phone. So, one second. Thank you, sister. She'll wash them. Okay, it's coming. I hear you laughing at me, Rachel. Okay, all right, it's Psalm 51, the message version. It says, um, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me into foot tapping songs and set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile and put a fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence. God, my salvation God, I'll sing anthems to your life-giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God, I'll let loose with your praise. I love that scripture so much because it's all about having blown it bad, much like Jonah, and then God using this person powerfully. Okay, they're telling me I'm done. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. I love you guys.
1: Well, this is pretty amazing. It's amazing, when Brian uh, asked me to do this, it was like within minutes, I started reflecting upon uh, this amazing journey. Well, it's a little early for that to happen, but... <laughs> but anyway, it's, uh it has been an incredible journey. Uh, how I was running, I was living in San Diego at the time, and uh, I was married, I had a four-year-old son, and uh, quite frankly, I was just living with this woman. She was living with me. I mean, we were married, but we we didn't love each other anymore. And we uh, the topic of divorce frequently came up. It wasn't that we hated each other <laughs> or anything. It was just we didn't want to be married with, to each other. We wanted to uh, be free and experience, you know, and we didn't think we could do it together. But I, I, uh, I allowed my procrastination to ruin that because I knew that would be you know, just in in the world, the, uh, you know, the, 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 kids stayed with the, uh, with the mother. So, so I stayed in the marriage for a, uh, for a, uh, you know, probably a year or more. And, uh, you know, I was working and everything, but my life revolved around a lot of drugs. I had been doing, uh, you know, some, you know, my drug of choice was, was marijuana, but Uh, the the thing is when you when you hang out with people that they have access to pretty much everything else I didn't do anything that involved the intravenous uh, stuff but you know things were available and offered Uh, so it's a very dangerous world to to run in you know so uh, but uh but anyway so so it was like that, that there's an album at the time called what once were once for vices, now our habits. It was just part of my life. I would come home and then just the deal instead of drinking a, a beer or something, I would just, you know, smoke part of a joint and, you know, it'll be, you know, be all good. And, and that's the ties, you know, the home life, you know, it wasn't that we were arguing, it just that we weren't feeling anything. And then in the middle of all that, I remember my, my son's mother coming out. She had just put in the bed and she was crying. And, uh, what's wrong? Would you know what his prayer was? Cause we would, you know, we had the f- facade of, of praying and, you know, thing. uh, but anyway, he, uh, this four year old boy said, uh, dear God, please make my dad happy with this family. <laughs> and, uh, One of the things that, you know, I was like, all my response was, hmm, that's interesting. You know, didn't didn't really feel anything one way or the other, but it did stay with me and I said that. Shortly after that, now keep in mind, these series of events I I put together later, you know, because I felt like I was some some cosmic pinball machine. I was bouncing around, so it wasn't like this, it was this series, and I made these connections. But shortly after that, I was eating breakfast and the waitress started telling me about this, this church she went to. And she seemed excited about it, which really annoyed me. And <laughs> but uh, she seemed like it was, it was a really great place. And, and so I was, she, it definitely touched me. I went back a couple days later to talk with her again, just because I was curious. I was just discussing it. In retrospect, she told me I was arguing with her. And I didn't, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I didn't think I, I had anger issues or anything, but I guess it came through even, even discussing. And so, uh, but that's kind of where it ended, you know, uh, then like a week or two later, I mean, it was like a very short period of time. I was in another part of San Diego County and I ran into this guy and says, Hey man, I go to this great church. And uh, we, we yeah we're gonna go bowling together. You should come. And and you know I was 37 at the time. I couldn't see myself hanging out with 20 somethings. Now it seems perfectly normal. But but at the time, you know, all my friends were around my same age, and we all did drugs, of course. And he obviously didn't. So you know I, I you know we couldn't really be friends. I mean we didn't have anything. Huh? And, uh, but he would, he would call me up occasionally. I would turn him down, but I had always encouraged him. Well, please, you know, cause I knew it was on the, I knew he was throwing me a lifeline, even though I didn't really know it. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm at uh, target mirror Mason near my home. This is my third, uh, third instance. And we were buying a ball glove. My son was getting a tea, tea ball. There's another man with a, the same age. So they were talking The two boys and they were talking about gloves and stuff. And we got to talking. And, and out of the blue, he just said, you should check out my church. And I'm like, would this be the San Diego Church of Christ by any chance? <laughs> and, and, he, and he said, uh, yeah, have you heard of it? And I said, Qu- yeah, quite a bit lately. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a lot of times I've related this story to a lot of people. And there's two responses. One, there's like, wow, God is really awesome. He's, you know, he was really after you. And then there's other people say, wow, it's a small world. Now to those people that say it's a small world and it was, these are all random. Well, I probably felt that way. I was in your camp at the time, but, but uh, the population, I looked it up was 2.6 million. So we, you know, we look at one in a million as long odds. So, I mean, it was pretty obvious that God was, uh, was sending people to, and I ended up studying the Bible with Ralph and, and, and some of the brothers. And I just saw immediately, even in their home, there's just such a warmth. And, and I wanted that. I wanted, I could see how they were married. You know, their marriage, they were married for 14 years at the time. And they were acting like they had only been married six months. And it, it was, it was so, it was so different than what I was used to. Uh, there were a couple things that, uh happened, I remember I was reading the book of John in the middle of all this, and I saw people giving pe- Jesus a hard time because of, uh, you know, for the miracles. And I go, well, that's ridiculous. If I would have been there and seen that, I would have believed. And, and then the, the connection of whether if it happened two weeks ago or 2,000 years ago, if it happened, it happened. And so it was like, this is true. This is true. And that euphoria lasted all about five minutes, and then it was. If this is true, I'm in I'm in big trouble because of what I had already shared with you, and so uh, I I really went after the study with uh, with Ernest. Then I was baptized on May 3rd, 1993, and it uh, it was an extraordinary an extraordinary adventure. Not all a bowl of cherries, but through that all. I've had the incredible support of God. I've had brothers and sisters in my life that have encouraged me time and time again, given me excellent advice. And then eight years ago, I, uh, I was able to expand my family. I met the, the girl in my dreams and she had not, you know, I always wanted more kids. Well, she, we ended up going from a single dad and his family to, to a two paired family with five kids. And last month, my, uh, one of my sons was baptized and got in, the, in the Lord. And then last, uh, and then last Thursday, my oldest daughter was married to an incredible ma- man of God and they're off in Hawaii now. And so I, uh, I thought I would bring the spirit here, but anyway, I, I, I love y'all and I thank you for sharing my testimony and I thank God so much for giving me this, uh, this incredible moment, you know, to be able to uh, reflect on just how different my life is now. And the way I was living, I, it's time to go, but the way I was living, I really don't know if I would be alive. You know, that's the truth. And thank you very much.
2: Okay. My name is Cheryl Kaiser. I've um, been a disciple since December 3rd of 95. Um, I ran to God going to drugs. If I could smoke it or swallow it, I did it. Men, I've had several bad, emotional, abusive relationships. Um, Alcohol, um, Fridays and Saturdays was my night to party and... I wouldn't stop until I would pass out. Um, God got my attention by after all those years of abusing myself, um, hurting others, me hurting. Um, that I realized that I. I thank you. I kind of liked it. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. Um. After all those years of abusing myself and um, just hurting others, that uh, and all the bad and wrong and stupid decisions I made for my life, that I had no friends. Um, My finances were a mess. Um, My car got repossessed. I was uh, threatened with eviction because I was behind on my rent. Um, I was very cold unfeeling when I went through my um, studies the cross study I had no remorse over my sin causing Jesus death Um, how God changed my life was that through the course I could see how he led me to Long Beach and I was working across from the brother who's going to school and who shared with me he, uh, I, I went to, he took, <laughs> it took him five times calling me before, um, I mean, he was, he was chasing me and, um, for some reason my family was, you know, at the time my family was the only one that had my phone number, but for some reason he asked me one time for my phone number and I gave it to him and I, I just berated myself and thinking how stupid that was for me to give him my phone number. I don't even know this brother. I don't even know this guy. And so when he started calling me Friday night, he called me, hey, are you going to church Sunday? And I had this great big, believable lie that, you know, for not going to church on Sunday, but the minute he asked me if I was going, I'd say yes. And I thought, okay, let me practice this lie again. So Saturday, the same thing happened. And the same thing happened. He asked me, Are you going to church? I said, yes. I'm thinking, why am I saying yes when I don't want to go? I was so scared about walking into a room with a bunch of church people and just feeling like every sin that i had ever done was just taped everywhere on me. Um, on Sunday, he called me again. And asked me if I was coming. I said yes. So I knew I had to go. Um, (laughs) But when I walked in, I was really surprised um, and a little intimidated by people that looked me in the eye because that just never happened in the world. You know, people just don't look you in the eye because they don't want you to see what's behind the eyes. I went through the studies, it took me, I was met on October in October and I was baptized in December. So it took me a couple months to go through the studies because I knew if I um, rushed it that I wouldn't have lasted. Um, when I went for my baptism, it took me three times going under before they said it was okay. And I think God was kind of paying me back because it always took me three times to learn the same lesson. Uh, So I figured, I guess he figured that it was appropriate for him to get three dunks out of me before I was. (laughs) So, um, but he showed me that with, you know, as long as I'm following him and his guidance and obeying him and following him, that I won't be making those wrong, stupid, bad decisions again. Um, I won't have the guilt and regrets that I had that plagued me for so many years and that with him I always have a home, I always have a place, I can always feel like I belong, and that no matter what I do and where I go, that he'll always be with me. Thank you.
3: Morning, guys. Excuse me. (laughs) I love that song, Amazing Grace. Uh, Just the words really resonate with me. Saved a wretch like me. Um, That's definitely how I feel at times and how I felt at many times in my life. But God's always faithful, you know. When we cry out, He's there. And uh, just really great what we've been learning lately the whole running thing and how we can all be like Jonah. And I certainly did a lot of running in my life. And uh, so I'll just share briefly about my childhood. Uh, I was uh, uh, one of three brothers, uh, the youngest, and born to uh, parents that immigrated here from the Netherlands. So I'm first American born in my family. And um, I was born in a marriage that was falling apart and kind of like a last ditch effort to save it was let's have another kid. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to save the marriage and um, about four and a half, five years old, my dad and uh, mom divorced. Um, I don't remember it being that traumatic or anything at the time because I I didn't have any concept of my parents together. So uh, it affected me as I got older because my dad just wasn't there. And I really wanted a male figure uh, in my life. And uh, my mom couldn't handle it all on her own. She was working and going to school and trying to take care of three boys. but God blessed me when I was 10 years old and gave me Dino. A lot of, a lot of you guys know Dino and Irma, my parents. Um, they're not here today, but... <laughs> this was before Dino was a disciple, so uh, he was a little bit harsh, but kind of like Al Pacino from Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the language, not the violence, but um, I was still grateful to have uh, you know, a father figure that would instill some discipline in me. But I just still remember being really angry as a teenager. Uh, once I hit high school, there was a lot of arguing in the house, and um, my brothers had already gone off to college. My dad moved to New York, my birth father, and I just had—I not felt like I had no one uh, that cared or paid attention to me. So um, I, I just started making the wrong choices, almost as a cry for attention. I, you know, once I was 15, I got into to drugs and alcohol already as a sophomore in high school, and. I mean, I got caught left and right by the school, by my parents multiple times. And it's like, I, I didn't get in trouble no matter what I did. I almost wanted to get in trouble just so someone would like pay attention to me, but it didn't happen. Um, I went off to college and just kind of continued that whole uh, mindset of, I, I went cause people told me to go to college, but I didn't go to go to school. I just went to have fun Um, So that's what in my mind was fun was drinking and doing drugs and uh, I failed out after a year of college so uh, just I mean I didn't even go to class I got like all F's Uh, and uh, started working and supporting myself uh, and trying to keep that lifestyle going because I didn't want to move back home and uh, I had a friend named Tony who got reached out to and he was a, a friend of mine that would drink with me and all this stuff, and he ended up getting baptized, and I remember going to his baptism, because he was my friend, and I wanted to support a life change for him. I didn't think I needed a change, but I, I looked at him, and was like, he, you got a problem, you know? <laughs> so if this, if this, you know, God thing's going to help you, then I'll, you know, I'll support that, <laughs> and uh, so I went, and I, I met Steve Marici there for the first time. This was up in Camarillo, where he used to live, and uh, so, you know, I, I went and they are like, oh, that's nice that you came to support your friend. Do you want to study the Bible? I'm like, uh-uh, see you later. <laughs> you know, so everybody runs. That was my first time running. And uh, over the course of the next year, I still stayed in contact with my friend Tony, and I was so inspired by his change. I grew up with no church, and I, I just always thought people of church were phony and all this stuff, but I what, what I saw in him was a real disciple. I mean, his life just turned around like, you know, not just the parting aspect, but he went back to school and he was getting like a 4.0. He got a girlfriend. He ended up marrying her. Her name's Candace Strait, if anyone, any of you guys know them, Tony and Candace. But uh, yeah, it was just like, God just totally miraculously changed his life. And I was like, man, there, maybe there's something to this. So uh, I contacted him to start studying because I was just desperate. I was getting desperate at this point. My problem. I was starting to recognize that I had a problem. It wasn't everybody else anymore. It was like, uh, start looking in the mirror, wow, this is really getting a hold of me. You know, I, I think as a youth, a lot of us make, a, a lot of kids make a mistake thinking they're invincible, thinking that this stuff is not serious and that you're not going to get addicted or not going to get in trouble. Well, I just want to tell you if any teens or anyone struggling with that, it's not the case, it's a lie, and uh, it 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 gets a hold of you at some point, and and it's very disheartening waking up in a morning realizing you're having a problem and you can't stop. It's destroying your life and there's nothing, it's like there's nothing you can do about it. You, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Everything's falling apart around you. You'd think that would be enough, but it's, it, at that point you're, you're chemically and mentally dependent. So it, it, it's like you don't have a choice. Anyway, so I was desperate and I started studying and this is when I first encountered CR And uh, I made it through several months with uh, CR and I moved down here with my parents who were actually studying the Bible now in this church as well. Totally had no idea it was the same church until I came here for a visit and I was sharing with what I was learning and then they were sharing what they were learning and like, this is the same thing. (laughs) So it was amazing. And uh, you know, God works in amazing ways. So they, they got baptized and a few months later I got baptized as well, it was May, 2010. And uh, <laughs> I wish that was the happy end of my story, but unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, I did some more running uh, a few months after becoming a disciple. Uh, my I went back to the drugs and the alcohol, and and it got really bad. It got really really bad this time. I totally feel like Jonah because. <laughs> it's like I had the storm the first time that didn't wake me up this and I got baptized I got cleaned up and I went back out and I definitely got eaten up by the whale that time and uh, I just remember I'll, I'll just explain a little bit my worst day is waking up I was sleeping in the park my parents had kicked me out of, out of the house um, it was in November freezing cold I'm wra- I wrapped myself in t-shirts and, and all kinds of things to stay warm but you know, you just wake up and you can't even feel your legs because you're so cold. And, uh, I had 10 cents in my pocket and I was starving. I walked to the store and I stole an apple from the grocery store just to eat, not because I wanted to steal, but I was, felt like I was going to die if I didn't eat. And then I walked to a pay phone with, um, and I, I had one phone call to make and I figured I could call my friend to pick me up and, or but God put on my heart to call Dino. And I, I called him and I said, I'm willing to do anything. Just get me out of here. God bless him. He's not even my, my birth father, but he came to re- you know, rescue me that day. And uh, I was, uh, he brought me home and I was sitting on the couch, and now I'm, my body's going through withdrawals. And uh, I'm just feeling the weight of my sin, the weight of the consequences. And uh, I, I just prayed to God as desperately as I ever prayed that night. God, just, just save me, help me get this away from me. I'm tired. I can't, I can't do this to myself, my family, to you. Please help. And uh, the next day I got a call. Uh, my mom had set up a rehab at a Christian program. So I went there. And this wasn't my first attempt at Riyadh, this was my fourth attempt. But it really stuck this last time, so eleven months. Thank you. Today's our I'm almost at eleven months sober today. Thank you. It's all it's all thanks to God. I mean, he he just did something special to me that last time. I, I, I think it just got dark enough. I've had enough of the darkness that I don't ever want to even have a glimmer of it again. And I just feel honored to be able to serve here every, every Sunday and get to do worship. I mean, for me, that's a a real treat. I grew up playing music. I've always loved music. I always loved the wrong kind of music. (laughs) And now, now I get to do worship every Sunday. And it's just amazing how God can, can turn everything around. I mean, I never thought Church was for me, I never thought. And then once I had my problem, I never thought it was, I thought I was gonna like live on the street for the rest of my life. I, I was that depressed and, and anyway, <laughs> I just wanna encourage you guys today. If anyone's struggling, stay in the fight, finish the race, just get open. I mean, there's all kinds of men in this room that I've cried in front of. They know, you know, they know my story they saw me in the worst and uh, they stuck with me. I just want to thank all those brothers. A uh, Few names, I got a name, uh, Frank Aquilina, Brock Bengard, Ben Hill, um, Jason Van Dyke, Hakan Emden, they're not here right now, but also Brian Craig, Steve Marici, and uh, the Thursday morning study group with Ron Rogers, Cesar Brito, uh, and everybody else that comes. <laughs> thank you guys for putting up with me for helping me to keep fighting. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just wait for your miracle. You know, if, if you're caught in something, it, it could be addiction or, or anger or uh, pornography or whatever it is, don't ever think you have to give up and just give in to the sin. Just get open, keep fighting. God can, God can heal you and he will heal you if you surrender it to him just, you can't do it on your own. That was the biggest part of my struggle for, for years was I thought I was strong enough. It was rooted in pride. I thought I was strong enough to be stronger than the, these substances. And it wasn't until I realized I wasn't. And I said, God, you have to take this from me. That that's when the true healing began. So uh, I love you guys. I love this church. I'm just happy to be here every Sunday and, uh, amen. guess we're also going to take communion now. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, lead us in a prayer for communion. Lord God, thank you. Thank you so much that we are all in our own way, a sinful wretch, but your amazing grace uh, saves us all, Lord. Thank you that we all run like Jonah did, Lord, but you have a way of calling us back to you, that you are the good shepherd and that you remain faithful even when we're doubting and when we're full of despair and shame and guilt lord you have a way of healing us and we just want to say thank you lord uh, for your wonderful light that calls us out and uh, just help us reflect on you as we take communion uh, help us to just rid us of ourselves and, and think about you lord because that's where the true healing is it's in you and uh, we just love you and pray this in your name amen